Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's Religion podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. I'm Christina Odone. Is Pope Francis planning to follow the example of his predecessor, Pope Benedict, and retire? Rumours circulating in Rome and major Catholic dioceses suggest that he is, but not yet. Some reports say Francis, never the most tight-lipped of pontiffs, has discussed stepping down in two or three years with quite a few people. But only, and this is the key point, only when he's appointed the right cardinals to make sure that the next pope won't be a conservative who reaffirms hardline doctrines on sensitive issues such as communion for the divorced and remarried. All this is being debated excitedly behind the scenes because Francis is a pope who divides opinion. Conservatives think his emphasis on mercy and social justice at the expense of sound doctrine threatens the very foundations of the church. But liberals think Francis has opened up new possibilities. A church that embraces sinners, addresses the messy realities of people's lives and shrugs off its rigid hypocrisy. And ordinary Catholics are staying out of this fight. They like Francis. They concede that he stirred things up maybe a little bit too much, but are glad that a popular pope is detoxifying the Catholic brand. But one thing everyone agrees on, the next pope will decide the direction of the Catholic Church, hence the furious manoeuvring behind the scenes. We're joined by Father Alexander Lucy Smith, a Catholic moral theologian and Vatican observer. Father, what are you hearing? The story coming out of Rome is that the Holy Father will retire after he's had three consistories. These consistories are sessions in which he appoints new cardinals. Now, these new cardinals, of course, get to vote for his successor. After three consistories, it'll be the case that the College of Cardinals will be largely people appointed by Pope Francis. And so, presumably, the idea is that they will go on to vote for somebody who is very like Pope Francis when the next time the election comes up, which may be in two years. In other words, he'll retire when it's safe for him to retire, when he can be assured that his legacy is safe. Um, what will his legacy be? Or to put it another way, when you say a pope who is like Pope Francis, what does that mean? It's really hard to determine. I mean, Pope Francis has been pope for three or four years, and it's very hard for us to know just what sort of pope he is. Still, he was elected for various reasons. To reform the Roman Curia was one reason he was elected. And also, as Christina says, to detoxify the Catholic brand was another reason he was elected. But those are all rather amorphous things, aren't they? But if we want to be specific... The one reform that the Pope has brought in is this idea for communion for the divorced and remarried. That is a sort of a totemic reform, but it signifies a loosening up across the board of Catholic doctrine. It's the one thing on which they've decided to fight, but it signifies everything else also loosens up at the same time. But this is precisely why Pope Francis is so popular with ordinary Catholics and I'm sorry, Father mm. Alexander, you know, you are not one of them. We, the sinning Catholics, we, the Catholics who are part of everyday life, see in this new Pope a real hope that marginalised people like divorced Catholics or Catholics who are married to divorced people finally find a place around the table. And this is where 
I think Pope Francis has been amazing. His compassion, his enchanting engagement of the people in the margins has really revolutionized not only the way that popes are seen by the public at large, but the way Catholics and Christians are seen. I think it's true that the Pope has, in his own phrase, gone to the margins. He's very popular with people who are on the edge of the church or people who are not even in the church at all, people who are not even Christians. But what about his core constituency? What about those faithful Catholics who've stayed faithful over the, the generations? What about us? What about me? I think that you're mistaking the Pope's feverish eagerness to actually clean the stables of the curia. You know, you're mistaking that as a need to clean up doctrine, to somehow dilute mm. the truth, the magisterium. And I think you're wrong. Mm. I think all he wants to do is get rid of the corruption in the Vatican, of the corruption in the curia, and that's why ordinary people like me love him. Two things I can say to that, Christina. First of all, we've been told repeatedly that communion for the divorced and remarried does not constitute a doctrinal change. Other people have said, oh, yes, it does. And I'm on the side of the people who say, yes, it does constitute a doctrinal change. And I think as time goes on, people will see the depth of the doctrinal change. Now, I know most ordinary people are not interested in doctrine, and most people are very interested in cleansing the orgy and stable, as you put it. But this is the one thing that doesn't seem to be happening. If you look at what's happening in the famous uh, commission he set up to oversee child protection in the global church, that's looking really frayed around the edges now. Where are the con? Concrete results for this great reform of the Roman Curia. Okay, well, we've argued about Pope Francis before, and I'm sure we will again, but I'm interested in the content of these rumours. The Pope is planning to step down after he's held a small number of consistories appointing the right sort of cardinals. That means that he's going to start interfering, if you like, or taking a much closer interest in appointments. That means I perhaps... As in America, we're going to start seeing bishops in his mould appointed rather than bishops in the mould of Benedict XVI. We've already seen that. I mean, if you look, this pope, although he talks about going to the margins and so on and decentralising the church, is the most centralising pope of our time. There have been numerous bishops around the world who have been sacked by Pope Francis for not being up to scratch for whatever reason. And there have been numerous appointments that have been made which have leapfrogged the usual appointments process, his own personal appointments. One of the problems Pope Francis has got is if you want him to appoint a whole load of high-powered liberal bishops, he hasn't actually got a whole load of high-powered liberal priests waiting to step into the bishop role. Those sort of priests don't exist. The young priests in the church are not like that today. I think getting rid of bad bishops or bad cardinals is a brilliant idea and it's very popular. But more importantly, for the first time in history, we've got Europeans being outnumbered by the rest of the world in the body that will elect the next yes. pope. And as an Argentinian pope, I think he really believes that the future of the church lies beyond Europe. That's true, but a lot of the decisions are still made in Europe. And for that reason, mm -hmm. I suspect that Francis, having already made sure that his sort of bishop gets appointed in America is going to start looking to Europe and making sure that his sort of bishop gets appointed. For example, in Great Britain. The last nuncio has just retired. We have a new nuncio. 
I think we should be looking very closely to see whether liberal-leaning bishops are appointed in England and Wales and Scotland. Because if they are, that might put them, if you like, in tune with liberal opinion, but not necessarily with the body of the church-going public, which I sense is more conservative, Mm -hmm. certainly in England, than it was 20 years ago. I mean, when you, Christina, say it's good when the Pope gets rid of bad bishops, I agree. Nobody could disagree with that. But many of the people who have been pushed to one side or who have been sent away or got rid of in whatever way were not necessarily bad. Some of them were really good. And many of the people who have been appointed by Pope Francis... Um, how can I put this in a kind way, do not command immediate respect and confidence. Now, you talk about the peripheries of the world. That's absolutely true. But what about Africa? In Africa, many of the people in Africa, many of the leading theologians of Africa, such as Father Paulinus Odozo, people can Google him, and also the Cardinal of Nigeria, and of course also the Cardinal of Durban, and also the Archbishop of Nairobi, these are not people who are necessarily singing from the same hymn sheet as Pope Francis when it comes to divorce and remarriage, communion for the divorce and remarried. One of the things that the African church is very concerned about is the question of credibility. For years and years and years, the Catholic Church in Africa has been saying no to polygamy. And then if we suddenly allow a loosening up of the teaching of marriage, aren't we then looking to the next step, which is a loosening on the teaching of poly- on polygamy? So I see a battle looming. And this interests me, just, just at the moment, this interests me more than, if, if you like, the rights and wrongs of it. Mm. I'm interested in the politics of it, just, mm. just for the moment. I see a battle looming. I know that the Conservatives have been saying for a long time, we're not going to let this happen again, and we're looking to the Africans and various other allies to make sure that nobody in the mould of Francis gets through and that we take closer scrutiny of whoever comes forward. The Liberals, on the other hand, are absolutely determined that Francis' legacy, as they see it, won't be reversed by somebody in in the mould of Ratzinger. Father, how do you think this politicking will play out? Very interestingly, one of the things that we can say now, and you all know this is true, there are certain cardinals, one in particular, who's already campaigning to be the next pope. He Who's is, that? I'm I sorry, can't I'm, possibly I'm say it's, it's, it's too unkind to say so. And it's obvious he is il delfino di Francesco, as they say in Italy, the Dauphin Francis. This person will not be elected. We can be absolutely certain Tagle of that. of the Philippines. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, this person will not be elected just as the person who campaigned to be the successor of John Paul II Tetamanzi okay. he got one vote in the conclave allegedly then this and time Scola, Scola next right, time yeah, they, yeah. the Stop Scola campaign yeah, stopped Scola yeah, yeah. and there will be a Stop Tagle campaign and you know they say the Italians say many a Pope goes into the conclave who comes out a cardinal. The next Pope is going to be somebody who doesn't have any baggage. I think that's really important. Somebody who therefore will start with a fresh slate. Somebody who will leave all the confusion and all the gossip of Pope Francis's era behind. You talk of confusion, I talk of compassion. I think that what we are looking at is an extraordinary, charismatic figure who has understood that the public at large, and I don't mean just the Catholic Church, are really, really enchanted by his vision of humanity. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Christina. We have talked before about the Pope's very, very confusing signals on divorced and remarried Catholics and whether they can receive communion. Let's not get really into it again, but you are a divorced and remarried Catholic who doesn't receive communion and the Pope is sending out mixed signals which have distressed you. So why are you so keen on him? Because 85% of US Catholics think that this Pope is a good Mm. thing. Because 78% of non-Catholics in Mm. Europe 
think that he's a good thing. For me, being part of a church that is being not only detoxified, but really rejuvenated and strengthened is a fantastic thing that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Well, you're not saying I am, stop. Sorry. And I am grateful. I am grateful for being able to say that I'm a Catholic and not have people immediately jeer about Mm. pedophile priests. You may say that he is contradictory, that he is obscurantist, that he is cleaning up a magisterium that needed no cleaning. I'd say he's useless on pedophile priests, but I see we've yet again fallen into this habit of arguing about Francis, whereas in fact what we're the numbers, facing is the, the fascinating prospect of another papal retirement. Yes. And, you know, for, uh, and the Pope Emeritus celebrated his 90th birthday the other day. We could have three popes, couldn't we, Alexander? God bless Pope Benedict on his 90th birthday. One of the things, I mean, you speak, Christina, say charisma were a good thing. For me, charisma is not a good thing. Charisma is about the cult of personality. We don't want a cult of personality. And I know the cult of personality goes right back to the blessed Pius IX. What we want is a pope who is just the pope, who comes out onto his balcony, smiles and waves, and is a focus of unity. We don't want a pope who is constantly being discussed by everybody. Like Father Alexander. Sort of mm. Father Alexander, in your brogues, I understand that you live in a different age. But the 21st century beckons for popes who are of today, of now, and who can speak to people of today and of now. Christina, do you worship the Pope or do you worship God? I worship God and Francis. Oh, Christina, your Francis idolatry is getting in the way of your relationship with God. Think about God a bit more and the Pope a bit Could you less. please take this to the confessional, please? Yeah. Meanwhile, I think we can all agree one hell of a battle looms, doesn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. And let me tell you, Damon, I'll make a prediction here. The next Pope is going to be somebody who is had a really convincing charisma bypass. He's going to be low-key, safe pair of hands, he is going to be the un-Francis because the church is exhausted by Pope Francis and they're going to choose somebody who's going to give them a bit of a break. The I don't know whether that's a good is, thing, but I suspect he's right. The church is exhausted, maybe, but people are not. We love it the way it is being done right now. You can't spend your life on the Big Dipper, Christina. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Holy Smoke for a new episode every other Friday.